to Secrets of the Biggest Big Ticket Coaches podcast. I'm Michelle Cooper, founder and CEO of Alchemy Accounting and Bookkeeping, where we help entrepreneurs create ease and flow in their business finances, clean up their mess and chaos, and help them avoid being blindsided in the future. We believe that every business has a purpose and creates an impact in our world. And the more money you have, the more expansive that impact can be. Stick around to the end of the show. We'll reveal how you could be our next guest in 15 or 20 minutes. So let's check out today's show. Welcome, everyone. I am so excited today to talk to Nikki Rausch, who is the founder of sales, the Sales Maven Society and the author of this piece of gold here, The Selling Staircase. Now, I'll share with you, Nikki has become a dear friend of mine, um, a business bestie. She's somebody that I call when I'm like, ah, I don't know what to do. Um, and there's several times a year that we get together and we just jam out on our business and we support each other in our areas of expertise. Um, and so welcome, Nikki. It is so good to spend this time with you. Well, I am thrilled. I'm, I'm so excited about you finally launching a podcast. You know, I'm a huge fan and a client. I've been a client for quite a few years with you yeah, yeah. and uh, you've been a client with me and we have this biz bestie relationship as well. So it's been, it's been so thrilling and yeah, I'm super excited to be here and get to have this conversation with you. Yeah. I'll share with everyone. This is like, I talk about this often. Uh, Nikki and I were, we met in a mastermind that we both mm -hmm. joined. Um, I joined because of another friend uh, who was like, Hey, you gotta do this thing with me. Um, and Nikki was my mastermind buddy um, in our like kind of small group. And she was my accountability buddy. And I don't know, like you were the best thing to come out of that mastermind. Like it was fun. It was good. Like it was good, I yeah. their, their um, content and stuff. It was awesome. Yep. Yeah. Um, but by far you, I felt like I actually paid to buy a friend. <laughs> I feel the exact same. <laughs> I always tell people like the fact that I got paired up with you, that we were accountability partners yeah. and we had developed this relationship. Oh my gosh. It was just I really feel like I got the, I got the best end of the stick. I got like, I won the prize when I got paired up with Michelle Cooper. I was like, oh my gosh. And then we've developed this, you know, fantastic friendship over the years as well. And I remember years ago having a conversation with the coach, she was asking me all these like really hard questions. And I said, I don't know the answers to these questions. And she said, Nikki, why do you not know the answers to these questions? And I said, because I hate this part of my business. She said, why do you think you need to do this yourself? You hire somebody to do this. You hire a CFO. She's like, do you want me to refer you to somebody? And I was like, I'm super embarrassed, but I have a good friend who is a CFO for hire. No, I'm going to call Michelle as soon as we're done. And you've been my CFO ever since. Right. Right. Oh my God. It's so funny. Yeah. I, I agree. I felt like I won the lottery. I was like, oh my God, I get to like selling. is not my go-to natural 
activity kind of thing that I've had yeah. to learn, right? Um, and so to have somebody at the end of my phone that I can be like, what, what do I do? What, how do I do this? Right? Um, and of course, I am a lifetime member of the Sales Maven Society. Uh, if, you, if you are not in that group, you are missing out. Like, <laughs> thank you. The amount of value that is in there, like I have not even scratched the surface of the value that's there. I actually have, and this is real. I'm going to show you because this is like, this is the real deal on this podcast. This is my planner. And on here, you'll see right up here, it says sales maven calendar, because I'm like, I got to figure out Nikki's calendar, like in the society so uh -huh. I can get on these calls. Cause I'm not on these calls. I want to be on these calls. Right. I'll get you, I'll get that fixed for you. <laughs> yeah. You offer so much value. So I'm sure you'll be able to invite people in at the end of our show yeah. here today. But, um, so yeah, that's where we're at. That's where so we're at. you wrote this book, the selling staircase which mm -hmm. I remember when we talked about the concept of the staircase, it was mm -hmm. several, several years ago. Right. And I was like, wow, that is a really clear distinction and definition of sales. And mm -hmm. it just, it just so made sense to me. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about the book, but can you just, I've talked you know, I've dropped in about your society and some of the stuff mm -hmm. that you do, but can you share with everyone? Um, what is, what do you do? How do you support mm -hmm. people? Um, and, and how do they work with you? Yes. And thank you. Um, I also just want to drop in here because I am going to answer your question, but that book would have never come to fruition if you hadn't been my CFO, because I don't know if you remember me coming to you and saying, I have, I have this inkling of wanting to write this, write this third book and it's a very expensive process. And I'm not sure if it's a good use of my funds. And you and I did a whole session around it and you were like, I'm giving you the green light. So anybody who reads that book and values it, <laughs> Michelle's the one who gave me permission as my CFO to write it. So I just, that to is that. awesome. I love that. <laughs> Okay. So what I do, my company is sales maven. I specialize in the sales conversation. So the five-step process, the selling staircase is how do you move somebody through the conversation and get to the place where you actually exchange dollars for services or products. And the way that I work with clients is in three main ways. I do private one-on-one -on -one coaching with people. I have the sales maven society, which is my group coaching program slash membership, depending on how you look at it and how you use it, but there really is a coaching component to it and a ton of training. And then I teach masterclasses, usually one a quarter on a deep dive on a particular sales topic for people who want to just really hone a certain skill. Like, uh, the class, by the time this airs, probably the class I'll have just taught is how to write your conversion email sequences. So that's an example of a masterclass. So that's how I work with clients. Awesome. Fantastic. Yeah. And for, for the people that you work with, what's their, what's their biggest problem? Oh my goodness. I would say the biggest problem that people face when it comes to sales is that confidence in knowing what to say and how to say it. Like, 
you know, I, I work with people who are experts in their field and there's no doubt that they deliver when it comes to service or product. Like there's just no doubt as far as the quality of what the person is going to receive when they purchase from this, you know, from my client, the, the issue that my client often has is how to articulate that or how to have those conversations with the right people what to say in certain situations or how to craft a message that's going to actually get people to want to respond to your message versus just sending out, you know, one more email with, with a little offer on it. And, oh my gosh, nobody took me up on my offer. So, you know, nobody likes me. I shouldn't even be doing this, like all that stuff. So for me, it's all around building confidence and getting people really comfortable with those, those conversations, how to say things so that the sales process gets easier, not just for you as the seller, but frankly, my, my biggest goal is to make it easy for the buyer to say yes. And for the buyer to make that decision really confidently, like, oh, I found the expert who's going to help me solve my problem. Yeah. It's so, it's so important, right? Like on the, on the sales side of it, when I'm working with clients, I always say like, what is the experience they have in giving you money, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's an important yeah. piece to consider. Like, is it, are you giving them a whole bunch of options? Don't give them a whole bunch of options. Yeah. Like two at the most, just one preferably, but two at the most, right? Like, is it clunky? Does it feel weird? Is it, um, does it take a long time? Because mm -hmm. what we want is to make it so easy and enjoyable that people like they just, it's just, it just flows. Yeah. Right. Um, and it's the, it's the, it's not the, to me, it's not the final part of the sales conversation. Like it's, it's part of it, but it's not the final part. Right. But it's a really important piece for them to consider. Yeah. I had a client describe it recently. And she said, working with Nikki is it's the difference between feeling like you're, you know, slogging through the sales process and those conversations versus gliding through those conversations. Yeah. And you should be able to glide through the sales conversation where it feels authentic and it feels connected. And, you know, I often describe that selling to me is something that you do with people. It's a collaborative experience. It's not something you do to somebody. And right. too often there's such a misconception that sales is about manipulating and sales is about doing something or getting something from somebody. And that is usually the people who are like, I don't want to sell like that. That feels gross. Those are my best clients because they show up and go, oh, there is the way that I can show up and be kind and be myself and actually earn people's business in a really easy way? And the answer is yes, there is. Absolutely. So you've been in business for quite a while, right? Mm -hmm. Eight years. Successful business. Got it. Got, not only do you work with clients one-on-one, -on -one, you're also a sought after speaker and trainer and you have a membership um, society, right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, that you've built, um, to something that I think is pretty substantial. I know we had a call recently and you were like, Oh, what it's, huh? There's it's that <laughs> like, <laughs> cause you didn't have all the optics on the numbers. Uh, 
it's, it's nice when your CFO brings you the optics and those, look, this is, this is your expected income for the next, you know, nine months. And I'm going, Oh, well, that's a pleasant, <laughs> that's right? nice it's to like, know. Yeah. The F out. <laughs> <laughs> Which I feel like you have to tell me on every other call. You right? Like just relax. It's all good. Yeah. It's going to be yeah. fine. Um, so what do you think is one of the, I don't know, the, the mistakes that you made in growing your business um, mm. or something that you're like, wow, I wish I didn't do that. Mm. I feel like there's a lot of answers, but to, to get it in the most simplified form, the thing that I wish I had done sooner and gotten really clear on was what, what do I have to offer that has this really natural progression? So one of the things I figured out a couple of years ago, and it did take me a few years to figure this out. And sometimes you have to, you kind of have to try things to know, like, I like this. My clients really like it. I'm making good money doing it or I like this, I'm not making any money doing it, you know, like all those things, you have to try some things out. But I figured out a couple of years ago that I had kind of three core offers and those three core offers feed each other. And when I really got clear on that and I stopped trying to do all the things, then my sales really started to scale. So That's cool. that, was, that was huge for me. Yeah. really looking at going, okay, so where, where do the, where are primary? So I look, you know, every year I do this little thing. I know you've seen it, but I do this thing where I break it down by categories like this, this, you know, service brought in this amount of money and also percent of my total business was this. And right now there's kind of three categories that bring in about 70% of my business. So I don't spend any energy or any time on any of the other things outside of those three main categories, which I mentioned them earlier, it's private coaching, it's, you know, my membership and it's the master classes, and they all feed each other. So people who take a master class from me often want to join the membership. People who are in the membership take master classes. People who do strategy sessions with me realize like, Ooh, I'd like some more of this ongoing. So I'm going to join the membership. So yeah. they kind of all yeah. feed each other, which has been really, really helpful in not spending a bunch of time going like, and I can do corporate trainings and I can do this. And I sell books and I, which I do those things. I just don't put any energy behind them. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a great thing for people to understand. Like often people think, oh, I have to be able to do all these things, or, um, I should say yes to all these things. Mm -hmm. And it's like, actually, no, you should actually narrow it. Um, one of the things that I learned recently from someone is the idea of a vertical or a horizontal niche. Vertical mm. being like you do one thing um, really well, but it doesn't matter what industry it is that mm -hmm. you support, right? And the horizontal being you do um, a lot of things, but only to one niche, kind of thing. Mm, yes. And I was like, oh, that's really interesting. Um, like it's an interesting way to look at it, but I see yeah. that as well. And I was joking with somebody yesterday because um, 
I had to give them a Gmail address for something. And my Gmail address is from when I was first started in business, like 15 years ago, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And it, my business was called girl Friday because I was going to do everything. I'm like, I Mm -hmm. do it all right. I'm a girl Friday. I could do it all. And I, that quickly learned, no, you can't. (laughs) Nor do you want want to. Yeah. Right. (laughs) So, yeah. So, yeah. What do you see, um, like clients that you work with, uh, people in, in the coaching industry, what do you see? people wasting their time or money on? I'm going to say wasting time on is they try to get everything perfect before they test an offer. So they spend a bunch of money crafting a big launch plan around some offer that they want to put out into the market, but they've never tested it. So this is one of the things that maybe is my blessing and a curse is that I will just test something. If I have an idea and I want to know, will people buy this? I'll just create an email sequence. I'll send it out and I'll see if I get any buyers. And if I get some buyers, then I know, okay, this is a legit offer. And you know, so now it's just figuring out how to hone that offer and make it easy for people to say yes to. So I just think a lot of times people spend way too much time. Like I've got to get the perfect website. I have to get the perfect sales page. All of my email sequences need to be written before they can make any offers. And I just think that's baloney. I also think it's a really nice way of procrastinating. Totally. I call that productive procrastination. Mm, That's a good term right? Like it feels like you're busy. It might look like you're busy even, right? But is it the right thing to be spending your time on? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, you know, I feel like in the growth of my business, I always say this, like, I feel like I made every mistake that there was, you know, <laughs> if there was a mistake to be made, I probably did it um, and, and learned from it. Right. Um, learn what not to do. That's for sure. Uh, do you feel like, um, there was anything like, Oh, I wish I hadn't done this. And then I'd be so much further along. Or are you like, no, you know what? I see this all as a journey and, and a learning experience. I'm going to say for the most part, it has been a journey and a good learning experience. The biggest regrets that I have is that sometimes I ignore my instincts and because like, I try to talk myself out of knowing what I know and going like, oh, maybe this other person knows something that I don't know. So I should just listen to that person. But there's something about me that feels like, oh, it doesn't resonate with me. So but I'm going to force myself to do it anyway. And I've always regretted that. I always think about hiring somebody who I will say, this doesn't sound very nice, but I didn't really care for her as a, like her personality was very off-putting to me. And I hired her anyway, because she came highly recommended from a couple people who then, as soon as I hired her backtracked about what they they were like, you know, I probably wouldn't have recommended her. And I was like, oh my gosh. And it was kind of a nightmare. (laughs) Wasted a bunch of time with this person that, you know, it really kind of our relationship broke down. She just was not the good fit. And I knew from the get-go, like, oh, I was just trying to force myself to be like, I just need to find things about her. I can appreciate. And 
it just, it just didn't go well. And I wish I had just trusted my instincts right from the get-go and said, there's something about our personalities that don't mesh. And I'm not going to force this because the thing about everything in business is there's always somebody else out there that offers what somebody does. Like I'm really, really good as a sales coach, but if my style does not resonate with you, you'll have no problem finding another sales coach. Like you could probably throw a rock and hit one. There's plenty of sales coaches out there. And I also know a lot of people who have worked with a lot of sales coaches before they find me and they're like, I'm never leaving. You're my person. Like you're the person I go to when I need some support around sales. And my clients often come work with me leave. And then they come back when they're ready to attain a new level or launch a new offer or whatever it is they're doing in their business to scale. But yeah. So I think trust your instincts. Like if you know, something's not a good fit for you, don't do it because you think everybody else is doing it. That's been my lesson. Yeah, I would agree. I think it reminds me of, um, years ago, probably like maybe eight years, six to eight years ago, um, getting kind of sold into the idea that I needed an online business manager. I didn't really even have an online business at the time. (laughs) So like, I kind of, you know, was wanting that or trying that, but, um, somehow I got into this conversation with this OBM and, and like, I just got pulled along to like, her enthusiasm for the potentiality of my business and, mm-hmm. um, and was like, Oh, wow, this would be awesome. Like it seemed just like, it sounded so easy, but the inside my gut was like, this is distraction. Like just keep mm-hmm. going on with mm-hmm. what, like you're a service-based business, do your service-based business kind of thing. And mm-hmm. it was a huge waste of a lot of money. And, um, I left with, after like 10 months with no, with nothing, like no further, no growth, no, like, it was just like, I was spinning my wheels, spending money. And it wasn't like, it wasn't really about her. It like, I didn't need it, Yeah. but I got caught up in the sales pitch that she had. And I got Mm. caught up in the ideas that she had for my business, but they weren't really, what I felt like I wanted to do. Right. Mm, Yeah. At the time. So I totally, I'm, I'm there with you, sister. It's like, (laughs) God, we can get on some crazy divergent courses sometimes in business. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden you you're looking around, you're like, where am I now? Like, I, I did not plan this. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Right. So Awesome. So in the selling staircase, I really love this book because you know me, I love a workbook, right? (laughs) And let me tell you, I have like a lot of Nikki's workbooks on my desk here. I'm pointing over here because they're all all there. And um, I pull them out frequently because she gives away a lot of really good content. But um, what I loved about this is like, it's like reading and then work, reading, work, reading, worked. And one of the things I loved that you talk about is the, what is it? The kitty call, kitty cat call. Here, here kitty, kitty. Here, kitty, I call kitty. it. Yep. Yeah. Can you cat just calling. share what that is? Yes. 
Okay. So it's one of the steps in the selling staircase. It's step two. It's about creating curiosity. I often compare it to it's the difference between how you call a dog and how you call a cat. And so when you think about wanting to get a dog's attention, a lot of times there's this here, boy here, you know, like, come on, come on, we're going to, and dogs really respond to that energy. Cause it's like, Ooh, something fun's going to happen. I'm going to come play with you, whatever, or maybe we're going to go for a walk. I'm going to get a treat or, you know, something. But unfortunately in a sales conversation or talking to a prospective client too often, we show up with, with this dog calling energy. We're like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. And you know what you should do? You should totally do this and you should do that. And, but people don't respond to that dog calling energy. It's like, oh, it's too much. They push away. So the flip side of that is when you think about how you call a cat, you call a cat and you go here, kitty, kitty. Here, kitty, kitty, right? And cats will sometimes come to that, or at least they'll like give you a look, like what, like maybe. Yeah, like what's going on over there? Yeah, like maybe I'll check you out. I'll give you a little bit of attention. So when you're in that step of the selling staircase, that creating curiosity, you want to say things that has people going like, "Hmm, tell me more about that," or "Oh, you mentioned this. Let me ask you a question about it." So the idea is the way you frame the things that you say, that you give people just enough information for them to go, what is that? Or tell me more or, you know, whatever. So an example of it would be, let's say that somebody that knows you, but maybe hasn't seen you for a while and you get into a conversation and they say, Hey, Michelle, like what's new with you? This is where you want to have what I reference to a here, kitty, kitty response. You want to say something that might open the door for them to want to know more. And that thing that you're going to say something about needs to be something you actually want to talk about that's business related, that's going to help. Like, are you talking to a potential person who would find value in this? And, and if not, that's okay. Like they won't pick up on the hair kitty kitty response. So if somebody said, Hey, Michelle, like what's new with you, what's going on? One of the things you could say is, Oh gosh, you know, life has been really exciting. And I just launched my podcast. Cause then they would go, you launched a podcast. What's your podcast about? Who's that for? Oh, great. I'm going to go check it out and listen. Right. Versus just saying something like, Oh, I've been good. Life's good. Yeah. That doesn't or give like them my standard to ask you about totally my standard. My standard response is always like, Oh yeah, it's super busy. And I'm like, can yeah. I stop saying that? Like it makes <laughs> it sound like I got no time for anyone. <laughs> Well, and, and people do make, they'll, they'll make these broad brushed, you know, assumptions when you make statements like that, they'll be like, well, I don't want to take up too much of Michelle's time. So I'm not going to ask her. I was thinking about, I wonder if I could hire her for CFO services, but she's so busy. I probably shouldn't even ask. Like she doesn't have time for me, but that's probably not true. Right. So if you want to talk to this person about potential CFO services, you might say something like life has been really exciting and I'm just loving working with my CFO clients and they go, Oh, so how does somebody become a CFO client? Well, now we're talking about like, maybe we're talking to a potential client because you're willing to give this here kitty kitty response. And the idea is that you give them just enough for them to ask a question. And if they ask a question, then now we're in conversation about it. Nice. Oh, that is gold. All right. Just got a little nugget of gold from Nikki. That is awesome. (laughs) Thank you. 
Thank well, you. thank you so much for hanging out with us today and talking all things selling and sales and awesomeness that you are. If people want to take the next step in working with you, um, what do they do? Well, I'm going to wrap it around a gift for the listener, Ooh, if that's okay. I love so, me a gift. Okay, good. So I have an ebook that's called Closing the Sale, and it's all about boosting confidence giving you some suggestions around how do you move people? It's not the selling staircase, but it does give you some steps to move people, you know, kind of in the last couple steps to get to that place where you close and exchange dollars for services. So to get this ebook, closing the sale, if you go to my website, yoursalesmaven.com forward slash big ticket, this is for your listeners. So yoursalesmaven.com forward slash big ticket, you can download that ebook, and then we'll be connected. And I can promise you there's going to be a really compelling offer coming right behind that. So that'll be a good way for us to take next steps together. That's so good. I, as, as I said previously today, I highly recommend you check out Nikki. Her content is amazing. She provides so much value. Um, Pick up this book. Um, I am going to give away a copy. Uh, There'll be a little um, workbook challenge here. Um, and you can get a free copy and, and a couple other gifts from me by listening to or by doing the work and posting it on social media when we go live on this episode. Um, thank you so much, Nikki. I am so appreciative of you taking your time. I know you're a very busy gal like myself, um, but you took the time to share your, your expertise, your knowledge, your awesomeness with us. So thank you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you. Michelle, thanks so much for listening to Secrets of the Biggest Big Ticket Coaches podcast. If you're a successful coach, I'd love to talk to you. Would you like to be on my program? Please visit alchemyaccounting.ca slash podcast slash apply. If you've got something out of this interview, please share this episode on social media. Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on all the socials. If you know someone that would be a great guest, I'm always looking to expand our reach. Please tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtags, secrets of the biggest big ticket coaches. I know that's a long one. I love seeing your posts and I love guest suggestions the most. We're regularly putting out new uh, episodes and content. So make sure you don't miss anything. Um, Don't miss any episodes. Go ahead and hit subscribe right now. Your thumbs up, your good ratings, your reviews, um, all of your feedback, they go such a long way to help us promote the show. And it means so much to me and my team. You are helping us achieve our mission. If you wanna know more, Go to our website, alchemyaccounting.ca, or follow me on all the socials, LinkedIn, Twitter, uh, Facebook, and the gram at Alchemy uh, Michelle, all one word. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time.